How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Good. In other words, steady away. Steady away, T. How's life been treating you this week? You had a decent week? Yeah, what, you know, I've done plenty of bits and bats of running up and down. Mm-hmm. So, um, what day is it? Tuesday. It's or weekend. Tuesday. Yeah. We're doing it Tuesday today um, because sometimes on a Wednesday, if something happens, we need to put it on to Thursday. But it's going to be a, a good Thursday for you because Wednesday playing and you've got a Sheffield Wednesday reunion. Mike Gabitas is being the host at the uh, Devonshire Arms in, is it Mid- Middle Hanley? Middle Hanley, that's right. I'm getting pretty good with these uh, northern towns and pubs, aren't I? <laughs> you are, you'll have to come up one of these days. I will do too. So let's, before we start with the magic moments, let's just talk about what's going on Thursday night. Um, it wasn't a magic moment for Wednesday against Peterborough. I did think Peterborough played very well, but I was amazed how poor uh, Sheffield were. So let's just briefly talk about Thursday night and what's going on there. Yeah, yeah well, going back to the first game, before, uh, first and foremost, they had a couple of good chances Wednesday to score. Yeah, they did early doors. But that doesn't mean that they're still, they've got a result. It may have changed the game a little bit, but yeah. like you said, Peterborough, were far better than what we so. But you no, know, Roger Wild, uh, one of my ex-teammates at Wednesday, has uh, sorted uh, a reunion with some older players, Sam Ellis and all these, and uh, Carlton Palmer, some of the uh, one much younger than us. So we're all going to meet up there on uh, Thursday, two o'clock, and John's putting the, uh, the game on, so uh, we'll have a good day. You'll have a great day and you'll have a great night. And let's hope that Sheffield Wednesday do at Hillsborough. It's going to be a packed Sheffield Wednesday. Buoyant crowd. Hopefully they can get an early goal and double it up early doors. And then you never know what happens. I mean, it is a tall order to turn four goals around. It is. But you can never say never. No, you can't. Two weeks ago, I had a football bet and I backed Leon. They were winning 1-0. And then they were 4-1 down. Yeah. Uh, and they turned it round and won five four. But Leon, Sheffield Wednesday's not Leon. They've, you know they're capable yeah. of turning games round. Uh, but like you say, you never know. I mean, this is a one-off type of game. Uh, you'll get one team trying to go for it, so they're going to leave gaps, and you get the other team what will defend and just counterattack whenever it's possible for them. Absolutely, um, Roger Wald. You alluded to him being a teammate of yours. He was a bit of a character as well, wasn't he, Roger? Yeah, great goal scorer. Technically good, just typical Jack. I mean, Jack didn't really fancy him, not because he, he wasn't a good player. You know, Jack wanted a big centre forward mm. and uh, he brought in Andy McCulloch, but uh, Roger was very, very loved by the Wednesday fans and all. Yeah, he's very much a Wednesday fan's favourite, so it's going to be a fantastic evening for you. Is it a ticketed event, or can anybody just no, turn up? No, no, anybody can go. But I put on the I put on the Facebook and on yep. the on Twitter that uh, come and join us if you if you like. So uh, it's a beautiful uh, pub in in the country in Middle Anglia. Beautiful. You've been there great before, food. haven't you? Yeah, great food, um, great uh, host. Uh, so it is, it'll be a great uh, day, but it'll be even better if Wednesday can get the result. 
Absolutely. Uh, Magic Moments, TC, what have you sourced for us this week? I mean, there has been not that many games because, of course, now the regular season has finished in the AFL. We've still got Champions League. Still got... Oh, my dear. (laughs) What's it? Hernandez from AC Milan just pinged a ball from about 40 yards and it just went... It went very close, just over the crossbar. The goalie, you know, the goalkeeper looks and thinks, "My days, I didn't realise that was that close." Yeah, I'm watching the I'm watching the other one, the Sunderland Luton game. Oh, okay. Uh, but going back to you know uh, magic moments, yeah. even though, like you said, there weren't um, many games on, mm. still some unbelievable goals. You know, Trent Alexander oh, other night. Yeah. You know, uh, the one I'm going for is. Uh, Diallo, Diallo for um, Sunland. Sunland. Great uh, the Unbelievable. But Gundogan's mm. free kick, you know, Gundogan's, uh, Gundogan, his, his performance for Manchester City, but Manchester City have just, like, I was talking to Simon Steinrod today, and they just, you can't blame Arsenal. No, not at all. They just keep going and grinding teams down. And if, you know, you make a couple of mistakes like Arsenal have done, being up. 2 0 up at Liverpool, uh, 2 0 up at uh, West Ham, you know, and teams have got back in. They're just a phenomenal team, aren't they? See, the thing is, in any game of football that you play, there's times that you're going to drop points, and it happens throughout the season. The problem Mm. is at the moment with Manchester City, they aren't dropping any points, and they're not Mm. looking like they're going to drop any points. So, psychologically, when you're playing against that and you're playing your game and you're trying to play, you were on top, now you're playing a little bit of catch-up and you're thinking, where's the chink in their armour? And you're going, well, there ain't none. So you've got to win every game and that's almost impossible. The thing, the thing about having your blitz is not is having it, it, not having it at the wrong time. Yeah. Whereas Arsenal have had it at the wrong time and Manchester City had those early doors mm. and came back, you know. I mean, everybody were right in Manchester City off early on in the season. Oh, God, oh, that Charity Shield right. game. I mean, oh, they was, all, was a waste right, of money. <laughs> they, were, you know, they were all right in uh, Ireland. Awful, you know, <laughs> it just shows you, doesn't it? Oh, no. And they're still, I mean, some are still saying they're a better team without Ireland. I'm going, all oh, right, OK. Based on what? Mm. You know, based, you based on what? I don't mean to be rude. Everybody's got the opinion. I, 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 ex- I accept all that. But, you know... <laughs> I don't mean to be rude to our uh, pundits, but they do talk crap at times, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. You know, they do, we are being horrible. We're going about as coaching, but as pundits, are even worse. I was listening to Gary Neville last night, and he had his team of the, uh, well, his, his, his dual team between the Manchester City team of today and the 98-99 uh, treble winning side of, of Man United. I was waiting for Carragher, but I don't think Carragher's that bright, if I'm honest. And uh, to to just pull him up and say, if I'm absolutely honest, Gary, you know, because he, he hasn't named at the moment any Man City players because they haven't won the treble. And I thought, that's absolutely pathetic. Man City now have won four league titles on the spin. No one's ever done that before. And no. that's in five seasons. You know, uh, no one's ever done it. Man United were not champions when they entered the Champions League. It shouldn't be called the Champions how League. How many uh, under Fergie? I mean, don't take this the wrong way. Anybody was listening to this. Yeah. 
they, they, they've only won two Champions League yeah. uh, under Fergie. Right? And one of them was a lucky one in a sense. As it happens, I'm glad they were yeah. lucky because um, I backed them that day when they beat, when they beat Bayern Munich. They yeah. scored two goals in, at Bernabeu in the last uh, five minutes. Tom had it on, yeah. But, but, but Pep has just missed out. I, I mean, this, these cup games... Once you get to semi-final, quarter-finals, all can happen. Yeah. Um, they all keep saying the same thing. Uh, Pep hasn't done well at Manchester City uh, until he wins the European Cup or the Champions League. Mm, stupid. You know, uh, but when you look at it, they played some of the greatest football yep. the Premier League has ever seen. Mm. I'll go along with Neville in a sense that, uh, you know, to win a treble, takes some doing. Yep. It takes some doing, you know, especially because of the amount of games we do play in our league and then you've got the Champions League on top of that. You know, so it, it's a great achievement. And like I said, Fergie is... No, it's not. He is the most successful manager of all time. When you, when you, when you look at it, isn't it? Absolutely, Everybody yeah. What's won to yeah. Any, I'm talking about any manager what to win trophies. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But... but it, uh, if I had to pick a team, this Manchester City team have played, uh, is the best. Have played the best football I've ever seen played in the Premier League. And Liverpool, I must admit, I mean, when Liverpool missed out twice, and they won it once or twice since in the Premier League. They've won it once, Liverpool Premier League. Yeah. Mm. Well, they missed out a couple of times, and they played yeah, some absolutely sublime, some, some sublime football. Mm. You know. Um, but I've got to see. I've, I've got to say, if I'm honest, I, I try to be fair uh, and give my honest opinion. The football that Manchester City have played since Pep Guardiola has been there. Yet, no, they haven't won the, the Champions League, but it's been absolutely brilliant to watch. Milan just went very, very close there. Fine margins. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I thought when Gary Neville, and I do listen to Gary Neville, but I, turn to, I tend to turn him down, to, to be honest, because I think that he talks, he's so, he talks sometimes a lot of sense, and I do like him sometimes, but he's he just come so across, biased. He just come across, he's he just so come across, biased. Yeah, it, yeah, it comes across well when he speaks. Yeah, he does. But I, just, but, I mean, that just shows you how poor a manager he is when yeah. he talks the game, but knows that he's no good at it. Managing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And I just and don't do, like the bias. Want to, does he not want to go back into it because he, he no. knows he's going to be a failure or he doesn't want to take the criticism? I would but, imagine. But I, I do think like you, I, and I'm not saying because, because but like you, I do think at times he is biased. I would imagine with Gary Neville, he's got a good contract there at Sky. Uh, there's no jeopardy there. His job's safe for the for the meantime. Um, Luton's gone one nil up. Oh, I mean that is a story, isn't it? If Luton can get promoted, what a story from the conference to the Premier League in about they play some good seasons. football, don't they? They're yeah, they're, really they're nice a decent, decent side. I quite like Luton. But uh, again, going back to Gary Neville, and if he went in to manage a team, what seriously? What level would he go in at? And I think 
you know, you wouldn't be going in at a top level. You probably wouldn't be going in. You may get a job in the championship or going abroad, cutting your teeth and coming back in again. So, and, and I look at it and I just think, well, why, why would he do that? He's, he's got a safe job. Nobody's really criticising him, only on social media, etc. But he's, you know, got that. He can criticise managers. He can say he's got good, what he yeah, likes, he's got good, and that's he's got, okay because uh, that's what he's paid to do. Absolutely, yeah. So, so why, why, why would he go into <laughs> management when he's got all that? I tell you what, this is such a game. I mean, they've been offside twice into Milan, but they've had two good efforts at goal, two good saves by uh, AC's keeper, and uh, Milan should have scored as well. So. I, there's no way that this is going to end up nil-nil. It's only going to be a matter of minutes before someone scores. Uh, yeah, Gundog, what a player. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the Premier League, uh, Gundogan. I think he's a fantastic football player. His first goal I was like the block. I like both the them set, too. Yeah. The, the other one, what's the Portuguese lad, uh, Silva, is it? Yeah, yeah, Bernardo, yeah. Bernardo Silva, yeah. Again, the old, the old squad is brilliant, can, isn't it? Who can you not like? Well, they're all, man, they're all Man City type of players. You know, we're going, <laughs> going back on previous podcasts when um, Sean Dyche was the manager of, of Burnley, we used to be saying that, you know, Dyche would buy Burnley kind of, and you could know what kind of, he'd buy a Burnley player and, and he would look for a certain type of player. Yeah. Pep looks for but, a certain but, yeah, type of what, player to play at Man City. You've got to be a footballer. What piss, what pisses me off with that type of thing? Yeah, because them them type of managers, always, you, they always turn around and make this excuse. Of course they do. You can only play with the players you've got. Absolute bullshit. Coaching better they buy them. players. They exactly, buy that player. yeah. Of course they do. You know. Yeah, of course they do. Uh, you've I only mean, got you've only I mean, got to look at company. Yeah. Look at how he's turned them around. Absolutely. The football they've played. I yeah, mean, yeah. the fact. Underdog points them, wouldn't we, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look yeah. at Sean Dodge. Going back, going back to Manchester City, mm. Walker and that uh, junior at uh, Real Madrid, what yeah. a great battle. And, you know, yeah, and the both, after the game, great to see that they both just hugged each other and said, like, great. Because they both knew they were up against it. Great respect. Junior against one of the quickest players in, country, in, yeah. in, in football. Yeah. And... Uh, Walker, uh, having the junior having the ability, oof, oof. What's happened? They've scored on the or what the give? One one. What's the give? There's no VAR in the. There is in the final, but not at the moment. There isn't any VAR. Is it a penalty or what's it? What's I don't it know. Give? I'm watching it at Inter versus AC Milan, and there's uh, there's still no go. Oh, handball! It should have been handball. What handball? Yeah. So is it 1-1? No, he's not give it. Uh, give a corner. Oh, right. Oh, okay. It's definitely handball. Watch this space. But nope. if there's no VAR, they're not going to give it. No, there's no VAR. There is in the final. Can, by the way, he can see it. The referee can see it. Yeah. Some he's, of the, smacking, he's smacking there. But some Nobody's of the ref- obstructing him. Some, no of the ref- some of the referees this season, it, it is just getting worse. We're going to be talking about the, the VAR, the referee TV, uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Man City, Pep identifies certain players. You need to be a certain player to play for Man City. 
You've got to be good on the ball, composed on the ball and all the rest of it. You've got to be a proper football player to play for Man City. Oh, if you're not, without you're... any question of a doubt. And a player, in my opinion, who'd fit into that Manchester City team. And this is what we're saying. We're not saying that these players are better than what they've got at City. We're not saying that Grealish is better than Foden. We're not saying Foden is better than Grealish. What we're saying is Man City have a group of players that whenever they make a substitution, it doesn't weaken their eleven because they're all good players. Uh, Eze, did Blake, you see Blake. his brace? Did you see Eze's brace? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh that, that was another goal. What a player. I forgot all about that one. What a, what a goal that was. I think he's fabulous, Easy. I mean, he really is easy on the eye. And again, another player for me who'd fit in famously into that Manchester City squad. Who, who, who disregarded him? Was it Crystal Palace? And then he went to... I'm not sure the, of his journey. Somebody disregarded him and he went to kill PR. Yeah. And now, obviously, he's turning it up in Premier League. But the amount of players that do get turned down by a club, I think Gaza was turned down by Ipswich, weren't he? You know, I mean, you look at most... I mean, you didn't, of course, but... Uh, oh, Alan, 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 yeah, Gaza. I think Gaza was turned down by Ipswich many, many... Years. I'm, sure he, I'm sure I read somewhere Gaza was turned down by Ipswich many, many years ago. Uh, I mean, Udi was turned down by the, the club he loves, Fulham. Tony Curry was turned down by the club he loves, Chelsea. Yeah, know, it's, it's just barmy, and, and, and most players have got turned down, so it doesn't surprise me with Eze. But again, what a player. Trent's goal, I thought, was fantastic. And uh, Curtis Jones, I've always liked that kid. He's yeah. had a bad injury, and I think he's probably just coming back to his levels now. Um, I did see that somebody had put up, uh, Curtis Jones is better than Bellingham. And, and I, you know, it was a tongue-in-cheek thing, but I, I, I do agree. I think, I think, you know, when you look at some of these players, you look at your Jones, you look at the, the, the boy at Villa, Jacob Ramsey, you look at one or two other English you know, young English midfield players. And then you look at Bellingham, played 40 games for Birmingham, had a shirt retired. He's gone over to the Bundesliga and he's done OK. I cannot believe a young kid has had his shirt retired at Birmingham. It's incredible, isn't it? I know. And he only uh, played about 40. I think it's pathetic. It is pathetic. You know, it's not something what's been there for years and years and years. No, it's pathetic. It... <sighs> I mean, and he only scored about three goals in 40. I mean, he, he scored four, but the first one I didn't count because it was a deflection and he took Trevor's record of the youngest goal scorer for Birmingham City. I don't think that should have happened. And I think they only done it because How he's a young kid. How many games has he played for them? For Dortmund, he's played a season over there no, now. No, I'm on about for Birmingham. For Brummagem. Birmingham is out his shirt. Yeah, Brummagem. He only played 40 games maximum. Right. And the retired, 40 games. 40 games of retired shirts. It's embarrassing. Really to get me deep at a young age. I get that. But to retain his shirt. I know. <laughs> listen, 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 it could only happen in England. It that could. would never happen anywhere else in the world. Of course it wouldn't. And this is what I'm saying about Bellingham. I've, I've yet to see Bellingham inspire me to think, you know what, what a player. Oh, blimey, look at what he's just done there. Yeah, he's a good player. But all I hear with Bellingham is... He's a young kid, he's only 17, he's only, I couldn't care less how old he is. If you're young enough, you're good enough. If you're old enough, you're good enough. I don't look at the age, I look at the performance. I never look at stats, I look through my eyes and judge a player by what I see. And it's great to see Nuts County 
being promoted into the uh, back into football league team. Yeah, Wrexham and Notts County. Well, Wrexham been out for fifteen years, and yeah. Notts County been out for five years. I you think know. there's a, a breath of relief in the conference, though, isn't there? I know that Chesterfield aren't going to be very happy because they went so close, but the other teams must have, the other clubs must have thought, I really hope Notts County do, because if Notts County don't, and there's only you know one that gets promoted, then the other one from the playoffs, it's going to be very difficult to go against Notts County because you could see them replicating what Wrexham done next season but they're up and it's it's a little bit more even now in that conference league so uh, good luck to all the clubs next year uh, Notts County 2-0 down against Boreham Wood in first, yeah. first leg mm. comes back and uh, goes and wins it in extra time and 1-0 down then 2-1 down against Chesterfield Yeah, and then go on to win it 3-2 well obviously on penalties like mm. but Sometimes you get that bit of luck, but they've had a great season. I mean, when you when you finish clear of anybody else yep. and finish second, and then may not go up, it it's not so disappointing, isn't it, for for the players and for the club? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, score to get over hundred points and and not get automatic promoted. I mean, it's like you guys at Sheffield Wednesday, ninety six points. Any other season, 96 points wins you the league, but unfortunately they've had Ipswich and, and, um, and Plymouth this year, they've been Listen, superb as well. When did they come from behind and went yeah. eight points clear with two games in hand? Oh, and those games in hand, really were um, uh, Charlton, but they got that got cancelled mm. uh, and then they put the Barnsley one in between because of something and, uh, and the other one was that Forest all, Forest all Green, was it? Forest, Forest Green. Green, yeah, they beat you 1-0, didn't Green. they? Yeah. You know, they they beat Wednesday 1-0 mm. and never won another game. That's crazy. But again, you can go back in any league of football, any level, any season, and identify games where it went wrong. And this is the thing with the champions. They have that consistency throughout the season and just do whatever they need to, to get over the line. So... Good luck to all the promoted sides. Hopefully, you'll be able to stay in the league that you've uh, just gone into and uh, and improve and, and play football. Because I think if you play football and you play in the right way, okay, you might not win every game, but at least you're playing football and you're competing rather than going up, playing a brand of pub football, kick and rush, and that ain't going to get you anywhere. So, yeah, get the ball down and inspire us and give us a load of magic moments for next season. But I'm, glad, I'm, glad, my, I'm glad my old team looks like stopping up now, Nottingham Forest. I said yeah. they would do. I said they would get enough home points and that was a great point away from home. I said they'd get uh, five points and they've got four now. So another point will see them up. Absolutely. Book Corner and Association with MyFootballBooks.com. Uh, tomorrow I'm doing uh, part 12 of our Football Book Corner with Andy. Uh, he always gives us a recommendation. And this week it's the undisputed champions of Europe. How the gods of football become football royalty by Stephen Sprague. And it's the book. We have talked about it before on the podcast. It's a book about the European Cup and uh, all the triumphs and tribulations of the, uh, I would say, the world's greatest competition. Although now it's the Champions League. And next year, there's even going to be more sides. I mean, it, it's been the Super League 
but Champions League in name only. It's it's just as though the big teams want to have the cake and eat it and well, be this in is that the start, and their league. This is the start of the Super League. Because you can't get more games in, some has to give, doesn't it? You can't keep having more teams in a competition and then playing these cup games in a league format throughout the season alongside your domestic league. It ain't going to work. No, no. I mean, they just lie to people all the time they because they, they they say that the players are fatigued. Yeah. And yeah, that the managers don't do anything about it uh, when they fetch more uh, more games into the Champions League. No. No, all they ever yeah. moan about is the League Cup, and they say, "Well, we're playing too many games, so scrap the League Cup, scrap the FA Cup, um, scrap all the rest of the domestic cups, get rid of half of the teams." in our domestic league, so that we, because we, we're playing too many games, and you're going, hang on a minute, you never ever moan about your Champions League and your European football or your international football. You keep inventing competitions and inventing... Uh, I still, uh, who? I still, I still say, I still will say this. Somebody has to finish bottom of that yeah. league. You always maintain if, that. When, yeah. when, yeah. somebody's, one of these big clubs... Yeah, are going to finish set, uh, bottom, second bottom, third bottom. Yep. When the boys had success or some form of success, it's going to be weird, isn't it? I think it's going to be extraordinary. But it's going to happen. I, I, I think that what they have to do is they have to look at: is it going to be Champions League with all these amounts of clubs in it, or are you going to break away and have a European Super League? Because, as I just said there, you, you can't keep adding teams and, and it being a cup competition. So, there comes a point where you go, it's top-heavy now, we need to break away and have a Super so League. What, so, what, how have how they added it then? Is it, uh, I mean, I know I posted it, is it more clubs from England or is it... Well, I mean, finishing... what, what it does is um, it, it, it works on your nation how many uh, winners of the competition that there are and and getting to the final, uh, like semi-final and the final, you get extra points for that. So if a nation like, say, England, for instance, keeps getting teams in the final, they'll have the fifth place from England. If the Italians start to dominate it and it's an all-Italian final and semi-finals or full of Italian clubs, they'll have an extra Italian club and same with any other nation. So it depends on how every nation's clubs do in the tournament. But it's going to reach a point where you cannot have that amount of clubs in a cup competition. It has to be the European Super League. So you'll have to break away from your domestic league. And that's where the the shit is going to hit the fan because the domestic leagues rely on the big clubs for their broadcasting rights. And, and it's that fine balancing that the scales for me are going to be within the next few years imbalanced and the bigger clubs want more money because they're paying out massive wages. So they need more money. They need more games. More wants more. Something somewhere has got to give shortly in the game of football, in my opinion. They must be they must be uh, peed off. Um, the Scottish Celtic Rangers. Absolutely. 
Because there's one thing, whatever that, what they ever say about them two, mm. they would pull yeah. more fans in. Of course they would, and if they was in the European Super League, they'd be earning more money as well, so they could yeah. have bigger clubs. Yeah, but then bigger if, players. Yeah, absolutely. But if they if if their clubs have got better players and they're paying out bigger wages, you know they they they're not going to be wanting to play against the likes of Morton and Dunfermline and Dundee, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are they? Because it's going to be no. a, a, a completely a mismatch. What they'll probably try and do the way that they are crafty, these teams, they'll go, look, what we'll do, we've got now 25 players in our squad and in our Champions League squad. We're going to have more players. So what we'll do, we'll have the European Super League. So like, say, for instance, Man United, we'll have a team in the European Super League and we'll have a team in the Premier League as well. And I, I, I can honestly see that yeah. happening with it because I just can't see it going up and up and up and up without something really fundamentally changing and breaking. So I think it's watch this space and um, all will be revealed probably within the next 10 years or the next generation. But we ain't going to be worrying about that too. We're going to be too old to, to worry about that. But um, the three... Lives of the Kaiser is the next, a biography of Franz Beckenbauer by Uli Hesse. Franz Beckenbauer, what a player and what a life he's had in oh, football. Brilliant, absolutely. I mean, won, won everything in, in um, as a player yep. and then goes and wins everything as a manager. And then also goes to Bayern Munich as the kind of supremo as well, don't they? Because yeah. that's what Bayern Munich do with the likes of... And to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you.